just two dudes. Um, and they do absolutely everything themselves. Nice. Yeah, I thought that would be a good point to fade in on because I was talking about vacation, which is what we're talking about in the mini. <laughs> oh, that was strategic. Emily's drunk, everybody. I've had three sips of this very nice rum liqueur. Yeah, it was in the same complex as the place where we got the Harry Potter villain-themed cider flight and uh, that goat cheese truffle. Oh, yes. You can order the truffles to be shipped. Really? Yes. I would hate to see how much shipping costs for that. I don't know, but like a box of six truffles is like $15. That's not bad. No, they were like $2 each or something, like in the store. I am still thinking about when I was in Budapest, I had a beer, and it was actually a Belgian beer, um, which is a little <laughs> off brand. Did you go to Belgium last time? I did. They didn't have it when I was in Belgium, or at least, so I don't Where know if you it's went. new or I just didn't notice it. Uh, but it was called Mortsubit, and it was like a Ooh. sour cherry beer. Oh, damn. And it was so good, and I had it every time I saw it on the menu, and I'm still thinking about it, and you can't get it here. That's on brand for you on many levels. Very much so. Um, I ate gator, like fried alligator, and it, like, I know it's super cliched, but it did have a chickeny quality to it. I mean, I can see that. I mean, birds... Uh, they evolved from dinosaurs, right? Did crocodiles also evolve from dinosaurs? I mean, we're going to have to save that for our episode on dinosaurs because I have no <laughs> fucking clue. <laughs> I'm just going to say they're in the same family. Yeah. Um, it had more of a, a bite to it. No pun intended. Um, <laughs> choppy like, choppy. Ju- yeah. Just when you kind of sink your teeth into it, like it, it didn't shred kind of like chicken mm-hmm. would. It was more of a. Yeah. I don't know. It was really good. And maybe it was just the fact that it was fried and they brought me a lot of tartar sauce to dip it in. I mean, you can't go wrong. Uh, no. No, you cannot. Um, the topic of this mini that we have just started recording, just cold, didn't even do business talk beforehand. No. Um, we're going to talk about what we learned on vacation. Not all of it, because it's a mini. <laughs> we're going to talk about one thing we learned on vacation and also clearly talk about all the food we ate. I mean, the reason I went on vacation was for food. Although on the third or fourth day we were there, I we went out to lunch at Antoine's, the oldest operating restaurant, and mm-hmm. they have 25 cent cocktail of the day. And that was a lemon drop. So what? everybody had three lemon drops <laughs> and then died because that's the limit. That's how many they will serve you. Um, I had muscle, not mussels, uh, oysters for the first time, which were just covered in cheese and butter. I mean, still good. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I've never really been into shellfish or seafood in general, but I started to and, uh, shrimp's good, man. I love a good oyster on the half shell. It does take a little getting used to, like I wouldn't, especially if you're like a seafood skeptic, like I used to be, don't go Mm -hmm. straight into raw oysters off the shell, Um, but they'll usually serve it with like some sort of hot sauce it's really just like salty goop is all yeah. it is. <laughs> yeah. I I mean, there was so much Romano cheese on the ones that I had that it was basically just like eating a cheese, butter, and garlic boat. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so I had that and then uh, chicken creole, which was, I think it was just another form of jambalaya, if I had to guess. Not important. Probably. And then bread pudding. And then we went to Aaron Rose and I had... What I think equated to 20 ounces of frozen Irish coffee. Yeah, that sounds respectable. 
it was too much. I went and, like, laid on the couch at the Airbnb for three hours, puked, and then we went out to a really nice Italian restaurant. (laughs) Anyway, so it is possible to overextend yourself when you're this close to 30 in a town that's built for drinking. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't do much. We did some drinking. We like we would have a drink with every meal, but we didn't go partying out on like Bourbon Street or anything no, like that. No, Bourbon Street is scary. Bourbon Street is kind of gross. It's very intense. I mean, um, I'm sure friendship. it's fun if you're like 20. Oh yeah, well 21. Well, yeah. If you're 20, it's it kind of diminishing returns. I was th- I was 20 when I was in Ireland for a semester, so I associate that with my binge drinking phase. Fair enough. Um just the sheer number of frozen daiquiris Ugh. that you can get. Just, I didn't have one. Um, I know better. But yeah, um, it was fun. I had very much fun on vacation. And I think we've talked to yours about yours a little, but I believe you also had fun. I did have fun. I um, I ate a really good goulash um, in Buda because Budapest <laughs> is too, you know, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it was just like, that was like, I did a lot of planning ahead of time and like picked a lot of restaurants that everybody said were the best. But like this one was just I had time to kill before my wine tasting. And if I didn't eat food, I was going to die and then like <laughs> get sick after drinking six glasses of wine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I just like I stopped at the first restaurant I found and ordered goulash, which in Hungary, like traditional goulash is more of a soup than it is a stew. Yeah. And it was just like it's really like pap- paprika heavy beef broth and they have a little bit of beef in it and like some potatoes and carrots and like little bitty noodles and it was so good and i still think about it and it was served in like this really cute little red pot (laughs) loved it um yeah we like there were restaurants we both wanted to try and stuff and for the most part we did um but the best fried chicken i had the entire time we were there was just from this like insane kind of touristy looking like chain that they have down there called Willie's uh-huh. and it was amazing it like sometimes blew Popeyes the... out of the fucking water yeah I was like, sometimes the touristy places are touristy for a reason uh like one of the rune bars I went to was like Simplicurt I think it's called um and it's like an old like rundown building and it's just like it's full of crap it's like a Benihana's <laughs> only worse oh my God. and it was full of plants which is why I went there <laughs> I wanted to go see the plants but, like, I went to, like, the middle of the day, so it wasn't crazy busy, and I had a nice beer, and I had a shot of palinka. That was really nice. Yeah, I didn't expect to get good food at a place that serves frozen daiquiris in a cup shaped like a chicken that says Willie's Giant Cock or something. Yeah, that that's on brand for New Orleans. Um, I brought but one, like, uh, souvenir cup home, and it was from Aaron Rose, the place where I OD'd on frozen Irish coffee. So, <laughs> um, anyway, so... Yeah, we're actually not going to just talk about food the whole time. We are actually no. going to talk about uh, semi-educational things. I almost picked, like, rum distilling as my <laughs> topic. And then I was like, no, I need to save that for its own show on, like, spirits. Yeah. Um, different kind of spirits. So what did you learn on vacation, Emily? Oh, good. I get to go first. Okay. Yeah. I just decided this. I was wondering if it was because this was my idea. I mean, that's this is punishment. Too, yeah. When I was, I almost said on tour... <laughs> uh, when I was on vacation, we took a tour of the St. Louis, Louis uh, number one cemetery, which is the oldest operating cemetery in, in the city. 
A classic, uh, yes. Yeah, because the first cemetery ended up being like bulldozed or some shit, and they quote unquote moved everybody, and then they built the bar mm. where the tour started on top of it. Did you take one of these tours when you were there? I did a cemetery tour. I did Lafayette Cemetery, number one, I think. D- did you go through French Quarter Phantoms? No, we went through, there's like a cemetery association there, and they do tours. Oh, okay. And then like, I wanted to take one of those because the money goes back to like the cemeteries and the yeah, caretaking yeah, yeah. of them. Um, That's just me. A fine, better person than me. Yeah, your money just went to the tourism industry of New Orleans, and you should oh, be no. ashamed of yourself. <laughs> no, our tour guide was amazing. He introduced me to the phrase people tea to describe like burying bodies in New Orleans because it's it's built on oh. this fucking swamp. Like everything yeah. is sinking. Actively I sinking. I don't understand why people keep doing that. Like Washington, like New Orleans, like why? We're not supposed Venice? to live there. <laughs> no, God yeah. did not intend people to live in a fucking swamp. And yet, anyways, um, this isn't about the cemetery. Um, <laughs> but he did tell a story. Uh, show, shout out to Dylan at French Quarter Phantoms. Uh, he was the best tour guide. Um, but he told us about the Great New Orleans Fires, plural. Mm. Because not only was there a massive fire in New Orleans that burnt down most of the city, which at that point was just the French Quarter, there was one six years later that finished burning it down. <laughs> because if nothing else, the South start finishes what they start. Yep. Except the Civil War. Burn. Which I did not hear mention of once when I was there. Is this sarcasm or are they really ashamed of the Civil no, War? No, I, I literally did not hear anything about the Civil War and that is including the paddle boat tour we took where she kept talking about what a great dude Andrew Jackson was. <laughs> Spoiler alert, he's not. No, well, that'll be a future episode for sure. He's a monster. Um, okay, so the first of the Great New Orleans fires started on Good Friday of 1788 in the home of Spanish treasurer Don Vincente Nunez. I'm pretty sure I pronounced that spectacularly. It sounds right. Um, at the cross of Toulouse and Chartres uh, streets. So right in the middle of the fucking French Quarter, which again, at that point, was the entire city. Right. And that's what, like a 10 by 8 block radius or something? It's very small. Yeah, it's not huge. Like it's bigger than you expect, but it's not huge. Yeah. It was a blustery March day and the wind blowing out of the southeast uh just fueled the fire. <laughs> so within hours, over 800 homes and public buildings were reduced to ashes, including the church, the town hall, the rectory um, of the, the local priests, and uh, the Plaza del Armas, which was like a central gathering space. Uh, this all may have been preventable, but it was Good Friday and the priests wouldn't allow the church bells to be rung to alert people. So... <laughs> Some like up his own tracks. Yeah, the church built down. I don't know if you heard that part, but yeah, they wouldn't let the church bells be rung to sound the alarm. So eight hundred buildings gone. Um, so through all of this, the Ursuline nuns, which were like the big game in town for nunnery, um, were in their convent praying real hard. Um, that for like, the fire to go out, for the fire to not touch them, basically. Oh. And wouldn't you fucking know it, it didn't. <laughs> that was one of the only buildings spared. And it was, oh, on, no. it was on the same street as the one that the fire started on. So I don't believe in miracles, but whoever built that building knew what they were doing. 
I was going to say, if God is real, Emily, we're in big trouble. Um, I did pass by the convent. It was a Saturday, so they weren't doing tours. But, you know, I gave a wave on my way to the Lollerie house, <laughs> where I had to explain to my mother why I wanted to see it so badly. That was one of the things. So I went with my sister-in-law, and she's pretty cool, but, like, she's not, like, a super weirdo like I am. So, like, while I was waiting for her to get into town, because we arrived separately... I, like, just went and, like, took a walk to the LaLaurie house myself. It's like, I'm not going to drag Anne all the way across the French Quarter to go look at a murder house. Well, there was also... And then have to explain to her why I'm interested in it. Well, my mom was like, oh, why does it... Why is it missing a window up there? I'm like, oh, no. Oh, I got to tell her. So I don't know if you noticed that there's, like, a line of windows, but one is missing. I didn't notice that. I'll have to go back and look at my pictures. It's from what I hear. I've never been in. So I don't know because it's closed to the public. For, but from what I hear, there was no window in the room where she was like holding her slaves. Doing the doing yeah. the stuff. Doing which the is stuff. another episode. Yeah. Anyway, so the Ursuline convent was spared through some literal act of God or good stone masonry. I don't know. <laughs> Either or. Both are equally as likely. And it's still there to this day. So uh, Governor Esteban Miro uh, reported to Spanish authorities of the, quote, abject misery, crying and sobbing, unquote, of the people. The faces of the families, he wrote, quote, told the ruin of a city in which less than in less than five hours had been transformed into an arid and horrible wilderness. The work of 70 years since its foundation. Ouch. Now, while this is very sad, you may be asking yourself, why were the Spanish authorities alerted, Emily? Was New Orleans not a French colony, based on its name? And it was, but not right then, because it had changed hands a lot and was currently under Spanish rule. Yeah, this is something I learned, too, on the ghost tour we did. It's like, oh, no, it actually changed hands. It did. A it changed of times, hands a lot. It? it went like French, Spanish, French again. Right. And then, French for a while until the And then Napoleon Louisiana sold purchase. it, even though it wasn't actually his to sell. It still belonged to the Spaniards. Belonged. <laughs> Good old classic Napoleon. I'm using belonged in a very loose sense of the word. Yeah. Um, but Napoleon was like, hey, America, you want to buy this piece of land I 100% own? And America was like, oh, shit, yeah. And it belonged to Spain. So uh, that's fun. I mean, it worked out for us in the end, I guess. Sure. Sure. Um, so rebuilding had scarcely begun when in, 19, er, in 1794, a second fire and two hurricanes swept the city. <laughs> Uh, God doesn't want you to live there. No. Uh, the fire of December 8th, 1794 burned 212 buildings, fewer than the first time, but more valuable. Uh, when both storms and fires were done, nearly all the public buildings, homes, and businesses, except those at the like towards the riverfront, had been consumed or badly damaged. But the results were fundamental to the recreation of the French Quarter. Uh, baked tile and quarried slate replaced the root, like the cypress, uh, cypress woodworks and shingles that had been used previously. And I don't know if you know this, cypress, very flammable. Uh, being wood, I would imagine so. And uh, buildings were begun to ma be made out of brick. Uh, they were required to have buildings uh, around a central courtyard. Um, alleys were put in to prevent the spread of fire. Um, and... All of this is Spanish-influenced architecture, which remains to this day. So the majority... <laughs> the <French> Quarter. <laughs> exactly. The majority, if not all, of the architecture in the French Quarter is actually Spanish. And that's the end of my story. 
Interesting. I learned some new things, and I have been. <laughs> as soon as the tour guide said, you know, two fires, whole city, Spanish architecture was, like, interesting. That's cool. That's why, like, they have all those cool-ass courtyards and shit in the back. That's not French. <laughs> that's some Spanish shit. Anyway, that's what I learned on vacation. Hmm. Good story. Mm-hmm. What did you learn on vacation, Sarah? <sighs> what did I learn on vacation? So, okay, let's start off with a bit of preamble. So i got to work <laughs> up to it. Uh, so when I was in Budapest, I took a vampire tour. Beautiful. I wanted to take a ghost tour, but they don't have ghost tours because they're more into vampires, I guess. It is an Eastern um, European thing. Yeah. So, I mean, it was branded as a vampire tour. It was more of like one of those kind of, we're just going to wander around in the dark and look at buildings. And I'm going to tell you some stories about Hungary's dark history, which is Oh, I took one of those in Portland lot. where we she just walked us up and down Hawthorne Street telling us stories about buildings that weren't even close. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like we looked um the area we wandered around and this was honestly like even if the tour had sucked, which it didn't, it was a good tour. Okay. Um but we got to go up Castle Hill and around like the Buddha Castle courts, like in the middle of the night. There was no one else there. All the buildings are lit up. It's gorgeous. Buddha Very Castle cool. Court sounds like something from, like, Merlin. It's beautiful. It it looks like something from Merlin, too. Mm. Oh, and our um, tour guide, his name was Sigmund. Oh. Uh, he was dressed, I was going to say, they said look for a guard, um, look for a guide in period clothing holding a lantern. He had a lantern in a top hat, and then he was just in, like, black clothes. Uh, I was like, I appreciate the hat, at least. When resident Canadian Sadie and I went on a ghost tour in Toronto... Last year, um, our guide, there were some people who were dressed up like literal lanterns, like cardboard. <laughs> what? And then, uh, like, they had all their cutest goth girls in, like, black cloaks with, like, real lanterns to lead the tours. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. lantern costumes. Wow. Mm-hmm. Someday when I go to Toronto, I'm making her take me on the same tour. It was a great tour, except still the fact it. that it was snowing. Oh, yeah, well. It was something like 40 degrees when I went on the vampire tour. That's and positively being from Minnesota, I don't wear a jacket under until it's like under 30 degrees. <laughs> and I didn't bring a jacket because it was Sarah. like 70 when I got there. So I'm in kind of like a light sweater and leggings. But we had to walk like two miles uphill. So in the snow? Out in the end. Not in the snow, but in the cold. Uh, anyway, so this is unrelated to anything, but I just noticed on the back or on the bottom of the glass I'm drinking out of, it says not a toy. Are you drinking out of a novelty glass? I'm drinking out of a like a rocks glass with a picture of the Death Star on it. Oh, well, that explains more. <laughs> anyway, so uh, this vampire too, you're on. Yeah. So, I mean, they hit the classics. We had a little um, Vlad the Impaler. We had Elizabeth Bowdery. Which she'll be her own episode, which we're literally going to record next. Yes, I'm very excited um, to hear about her. <laughs> um, so we learned like all of these stories, which I expected. And then at the very end of the tour, in the shadow of an old church bell tower, uh, we learned about a particular Hungarian folk creature known as the Litterts. The what? The Litterts. Okay. It's spelled L-I-D-E-R-C. Oh, uh, yeah. Th- that spelling it, checks out for... Yeah. Well... Sort of. Hungarian is very confusing. <laughs> I learned three words of it when I was there, and it was good morning, good afternoon, and thank you. What is thank you? Uh, Kosonom. Okay. So, the more you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, I had never heard of this uh, creature before. It's delightful. I love it. Uh, there's actually several kinds of different kinds of litterts. 
uh, with long Hungarian names I will not pronounce. Um, there's one that's basically like a sex vampire. Like a succubus. Yeah, it's very similar. It'll have sex with you and then drain all your blood, which, I mean. I mean, who doesn't? Seems on brand. But there's another variety of literates called a chicken literates. <laughs> Did he think the sky was falling? <laughs> Voiced by Zach Braff. <laughs> to obtain a chicken literates, you find the first egg of a black hen and you have to like incubate ever? it under. Yeah, like the first egg a black hen ever lays. Okay. Uh, and you incubate it under your armpit until it hatches. Okay. <laughs> so the creature that hatches from this egg, the chicken litterts, uh, immediately falls in love with you, and it will do everything you ask of it. Oh, can I um, have one? They're pretty great. They hoard gold, so they can make you very rich. Uh, it can also shapeshift into a man or a woman or whatever your jam is, and it will have sex with you, uh, as long as your jam is a human being with one weird chicken foot. Hmm. So... I mean, there there's some benefits to having a chicken litterts. Um, it probably is pretty great for a while. Um, but you have to remember that this little talking chicken, which to my understanding is exactly what it is, uh, the little chicken is completely fucking obsessed with you. Oh no! And <laughs> when you try to sleep at night, it will bounce on your chest and scream in your face, asking you to give it a task to do. Oh, so it's like it a always cat. wants to be it's just like a fucking yeah. cat. <laughs> It just wants to help you all the time. Uh, it can, of course, it cannot, of course, be killed by any traditional means. Uh, the only way you can get rid of it is you give it an impossible task to do. So haul sand with a rope, or bring me some water with a sieve, a sieve, sieve, like a colander. So then it just dies. Yeah, it's so utterly devoted to you, it will be compelled to attempt the task again and again and again until it dies. Oh, so you just ask it to climb Everest, a place where there God go. meant no man or chicken to go. <laughs> Call back. <laughs> and that's the chicken litters. <laughs> well, it has the best name. It is pretty great. This is also... It honestly sounds pretty cute. <laughs> um, I don't know annoying. how this is going to shake out after editing, but this is our longest mini yet. You are welcome. Merry Christmas. <laughs> You're welcome for the extra 10 minutes of content we're giving you. That I might cut out because we just talked about food for a while um i mean you don't love hearing about other people's vacations that you weren't allowed to go on i mean we had facts <laughs> uh do you know if this is coming up before or after the super secret before it's actually not super secret okay there's a christmas special you guys there is a very good christmas special it is very good um we're not going to talk about it anymore uh we'll definitely do a post game on the episode we're recording immediately after this that will come out after the christmas special <laughs> anyway so uh you get to sleep with that for seven days seven more sleeps until the christmas schedule yay the special schedule i ruined it <laughs> no our christmas is scheduled <laughs> it is <laughs> timetables and rolls and whatever goodbye everybody goodbye we love you <laughs> For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is as above, so below.